This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We've brought in three or four new signings who will feature tomorrow. Um, and it's... And it's whether I, I throw them all in. Um, that's what I get paid for. So I hope I make the right decision. My old man said. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. It's one of our little extra shows where we're out and about uh, in a bar, this time the Village Inn. This isn't a plug, by the way, because uh, we have to pay for our own beer. But joining me as usual is uh, Dan Rogers from the Villa Underground. Welcome, Dan. Welcome, I am officially in recovery mode from the Brentford experience. Well, I'm, I'm immune to anything like a Villa loss, but this particular one was a little bit uh, humiliating, but we'll get on to that in a second. We'd, this show, we're just basically going to catch up to date, because the last show, the last proper show, so if you're tuning in for the first time, this is not how we normally do it, so it's a lot more professional, as we pretend that we're in a studio, <laughs> but this is more uh, getting a quick hour lunch, lunchtime pint in, although it's a bit of a late lunch today. But anyway, so we'll just come up to speed. We'll talk about the transfers a little bit, a bit on Brentford, and then uh, we'll go into those in depth in the next proper show, which should be out on Tuesday. So, Dan, we'll talk about transfers first. Let's have a bit of an origin story. Tony's eye came into town. Villa were just about to appoint Nigel Pearson, and that's a fact. Tony's eye didn't think he was sexy enough, as we always like to say. Uh, <laughs> Tony's eye <laughs> likes sexy managers. He went for sexy Bruce. In the so end. He brought in RDM, gave him fifty-five million to spend. RDM didn't work out. Bruce comes in. I think. Uh, he, well, I know he was top of a ten-man list uh, that Keith Wyness and Steve Round put together. So I think kind of a reluctancy on uh, Tony's eye's part because obviously he would have been considered the first time round. Anyway, got him in. The Messiah is here. I think this window was, in terms of the turnaround, eight players in, eight players out. And we're in a situation where I think people were getting quite giddy, as usual. I mean, mm. Sky have obviously made the transfer window into something which almost represents it's like Christmas for football fans. And so a lot of Villa fans now see Tony Zai as like a Santa Claus figure. There were some uh, people on Twitter wanting to do a mosaic of Tony Zai uh, on the Holt end. 
we're 14th in the championship and he's oh, already gone idea. through one manager and we've just sent out 22 millions worth of the 55 million that we got in in the summer Christmas is a time for giving <laughs> that's what you've got to remember and our gift to Nottingham is, is Ross McCormack and and who's the other chap? <laughs> I think he played about 10 minutes combined, uh, Tish Bowler. Yeah, Tish Bowler. But that's the big question mark around what, what was... I mean, what, what were they what doing? The in the sim- but, but saying that, I mean, we're talking from hindsight here. At the time, you, mm. you thought, that's pretty... I mean, there was, my personal point of view, there was two question marks on the signings. One was Tish Bowler because of his injuries and his lack of ex- first-team mm. experience. And the other one was Gilini. So no surprises kind of there but I think the big let's, let's talk about the striking situation because I think yeah. that is the big conundrum I mean Ross McCormack we know uh, there's personal issues there which I know about but I can't tell you <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what the deal is do you know the deal with what Forrest are actually paying half of his wages I think yeah, I think it's I 45 grand a week and I think they're footing half because there's no way they were going to pay the full amount. I knew it was part payment, but I, I, I don't know. You know, I haven't read exactly how much it is. I mean, tonight we've seen the response from from McCormack. The first interview, the first interview with uh, the yeah. local. I think it was with a Scottish newspaper actually, and it's been sort of filtered out since. But um, the, the view is that he he wasn't saying he didn't miss training. He was just late. I mean, the fact is he didn't get out of his gates or out of bed. Didn't, isn't there a quote about that it was too high to jump and he didn't want to risk breaking his ankle or something? This was the infamous four, four foot yeah, six. Well, I think that's what he said in the quote. Well, I mean, Chad Wren might get stuck on the other side of the fence, but the, the <laughs> you know, full-grown man like McCormack. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just throw a mattress down the other side <laughs> and do it. I mean, how much are you getting paid? If he was getting paid 45 million, that's speculation. 45 million? Tony's way is ambitious <laughs> and generous. So 45,000 a, 45, a week. Put that on a mosaic. Then uh, I'm sure you, you, know, you can afford a couple of mattresses thrown <laughs> near the side of the gate to uh, dive over. But, but no, let's, I mean, let's, let's try to get some structure into this. Uh, I mean, that's the biggest mistake. And in terms of if he has got personal problems, I mean, Fulham, obviously, what are they going to do? They're not going to tell, no, no. admit to anything, are they? That's the same that we did with probably Forrest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, everything's fine. Everything's, everything's he's fine. over it now. It's just he's over like, that fence. He's, he's <laughs> over that fence. He fell out with Bruce. That's why we can't use him anymore. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He's good to go. He looked a mess on that picture. He didn't. Holding up the Forrest shirt. He looked. Didn't look in good, Nick. Did he, he looked like he'd been sleeping rough for about a week. <laughs> That's true. It is true. It, it did. I don't know what to say about that. It wasn't... Um, it's all right. It's not li- libelous. <laughs> what is there to say? He's not going to be winning... Any beauty pageants. No, no. Um, maybe more sleep and less... Yeah. Well, anyway, less let's something. move on. So the situation is, uh, after pursuing Jordan Rhodes all that time and only offering six, let's say, six million, mm. and I thought the logic was there to get him in on loan or uh, if you can get him on the cheap, get him on the cheap. I thought he didn't want to come. Well, that was, that was just because I said that. No, 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 I, 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 that was definitely my idea. Um, he, and then he, then he turns up in Sheffield. I wonder whether... And that, and that looks like it's going to be a permanent move mm. after the loan. Mm. I think it was just a loan in the meantime, just because that was quicker on the paperwork. Uh, maybe it was that Villa took a view that he was a little bit older than, than Hogan oh, in comparison. Come on, it's like a, a, two, two a year or two, yeah. A little, marginally, um, but I mean... Not enough to make any decision on that. No, no. And, and Hogan has, has no knees. Has no knees. Never affected McGrath. So I think R- Rhodes, <laughs> I, th- I think, was definitely first choice out of those two. That's a puzzle, isn't it, actually, when you think about it? 
So now you're in a situation where you didn't get that player, and and Black Hogan Ryan. because that West Ham move fell down, and this Villa thing was a late move. So I don't know. Do you think Hogan would have gone to anybody else? I think he probably would have stayed at Brentford and moved on in the summer. Not for that money, and, and I think 15 million was the thing that was quoted as being like the top top end with everything factored in. Yeah. More realistically, nine plus three, I think, is what's been yeah, reported that's, that's, through. The that's the figure. I've, I've still a lot of money. I've been Still going with, but the situation is now uh, we've got Hogan, but there's two teams that we can. I mean, let's talk about we've still got a chance of the playoffs. Let's, mm. let's pretend hypothetically. <laughs> there's two teams we can hold back, and that's probably Derby and Sheffield Wednesday. And Sheffield Wednesday have now got the player that we were hoping to use to get us back into this. Mm. And if he clicks on fire, that'll be Sheffield Wednesday out of sight. So we'll just have to uh, rely on the magical McLaren suddenly turning bad. Well, the Wally with the Broly suddenly looks invincible, doesn't he? I mean, they've been on that crazy, crazy run, and they're... So, I mean, the two teams... Yeah, two teams uh, that we'd have to try to hold back are uh, are two teams that were in the playoffs last year, Mm -hmm. and they look pretty solid, and everybody was tipping them to be there. So uh, I don't think it looks good, does it? Well, we're the only team in the division that's gone through two transitional periods in six months you know the, the need to you know all those people we spent millions of pounds on let's just push them under that carpet and, and yeah, reinvest I think uh, the whole idea of us getting a, into the playoffs is just us feeling that we're Aston Villa and we, we should be there And but it's the reality is uh, we saw it against Brentford and we'll get on to that let's, let's just go through the signings mm. uh, Scott Hogan what's your initial thoughts on that massive money massive potential massive risk with injury that's how I he actually looks like when I when I saw him interviewed, I thought he looks like a Sunday League player. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but he's, I mean, he's quite nippy. He's more mm. fox. But is, is is he? I mean, we were talking about using McCormack as a link to get into this. But what yeah. I wanted to say was essentially uh, that's what we wanted McCormack to be. He's simply just replaced McCormack. Well, exactly. If there's issues there, I mean, clearly we've had to bite the bullet in terms of fee and take on take on the risk with the injury factor. And so we've, he's we've pretty much spent over 20-odd million on a, on a forward. It's staggering money. There's no getting away from it. And the, the fact is that West Ham went pff, not worth the risk and, they, and they've got potentially more riding on it in the sense that they you know, they've, yeah. they've been flirting around the bottom third of the Premier League, haven't they? And well, they, got, they got hammered by Manchester City as well. Mm. So, absolutely wanting to come in and do do well. He scores goals, but he's, he has had two horrendously long layoffs as well. Just from what's going on at the moment, or what's been going on in some of the purchases and how they've kind of backfired, I don't, mm. I'm not going to hang my hat on him being a super success at the moment. Anyway, let's, let's move on. Sorry about the doom and gloom. <laughs> On some more positive things. Uh, who should we talk about next? Let's talk about this uh, Jordan AU, Neil Taylor, plus five million. Mm. Now, mm. let's take out AU out the situation at the moment. How much would you have bought Neil Taylor for? I think like a million. Two? Yeah, he's, he's, it's always concerning when opposition fans, there was a bit of a Westwood reaction in Swansea, wasn't there, where yeah. it was kind of like, thank you very much, see you. Well, he, I mean, he fell out with the manager, didn't he? He got, he got substituted in the first half. In a, it was a game, I think it was a game against Chelsea, yeah. and he wasn't happy about that. It and says a lot about what we think about Amavi, <laughs> to be honest, and all the people, <laughs> all, all, the, all the fans and suitors. The suitors from Europe disappeared, didn't they, quite quickly on his current form? In China, well, that, that twenty-five million and Tony's eye coming out—that was just complete bullshit. And if if somebody offered twenty-five million for Jordan Amavi, 
And if you turned it down, then you should just resign as the owner of uh, Aston Villa. <laughs> because uh, that is blindness. <laughs> well, that, that's why it didn't happen. And it was 25 million in Zimbabwean currency, dollars, yeah, I think. In Zloty or something. <laughs> but no, what I was getting at with the tailor is uh, he's not worth that much. A million and a half, let's say. And plus five, so Swansea, I think, have got Jordan Ayew at a good price. I, I think they have. There's, there's potential there. I'll flip it on its head. The... How, how low do it, did Aston Villa value AU? What does that say? Yeah. I think that they looked at Taylor. They, they got an offer of five million quid. I think the five million quid's the sweetener, to be honest, because that's probably how much I'd value AU at. Would you? Yeah, I, I don't. Was how it, much did they get him for? Eight and a half million. Have we seen eight and a half million pounds worth of football? Well, no, I'm not. I mean, if we can sell Westwood for five million, we can sell AU yeah, for at least seven. But clearly, there were some psychotic drugs in Burnley circulating at the time because they've. <laughs> But no, but in terms of but in terms of AU, considering we lost, we've lost money on that one. I mean, because yeah, there's no yeah. way that Taylor's worth three point five. Nah. So that's one. Well, that's why I think we've got we've got five million quid because he's not worth anywhere near five million quid. Um, Thing about AU, he was on a long contract as well. Don't forget, what what was he on? Well, he was on half his wages, so his wages got half. That's why he wanted out. Ah, right. Of course, he was one of the relegation yeah. uh, clause ones, wasn't he? I wonder whether that's the reason Amma V wants to walk. Actually. Yeah, what I forgot to mention at the, end, at the top of the show was uh, I had a meeting with uh, Steve Bruce as part of the fan consultation group, and the previous podcast was actually recorded before that. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but also some of the anything I say is obviously some of the stuff I will be saying is kind of informed by that meeting I mean when I met when I met him let's put it this way we knew AU was going to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was clear on just that. from our conversations yeah. same with McCormack the only surprise of McCormack going was actually to find somebody for him to go to Forrest absolute uh, the chairman's desperate for any, any in, good news isn't they're it? in the shit so uh not a bad deal because if suddenly uh, McCormack discovers his will to you know will to play then well when he was holding up that Forrest shirt he didn't look like someone able to play <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I mean, again, I wish you know, I want him to to come good, but yeah, I I, I can't see it. I don't know what it, I just don't get a good feeling there. And uh, next season he's thirty one, and and I mean that's just disastrous business by Villa. It, it is it is for a regime that said it wasn't going to be making the same sort of financial errors because we will be bogged down for the financial fair play for that's the accounting for that. Yeah, we're not going to sell him. Nah, at, at any decent price. It's suddenly he's suddenly the new. And Zogbia stroke Gabby. Wow, wow! Don't use the N word. Sorry. Where is he? I, I keep occasionally I'll try to track him down. He, he came up as if he was going. Sorry, we're talking about in Zogbia. It popped up that he was at some Indian Indian Super League team, but that didn't kind of. It was on Wikipedia, but it didn't back up anywhere. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> so it was like Wikipedia is not our most reliable. No, source. No, no, I'm not talking about it being. Uh, <laughs> Sacrosanct, but it was uh, that was the first clue, <laughs> and then it went dead. So no idea. If you've seen Charles, let us know. Anyway, let's let's uh, move on. So AU, I think he's somebody. He's still somebody good enough. He'll score. A, he'll come on for Swansea and score a great goal, and we'll see it on the match of the day highlights. And loads of fans will be on Twitter saying, "Why did we let him go?" And but, then he'll do uh, nothing for three months. But I'm I'm happy with him going. I, I have no problems. No, there. no, no. no. I think Kodja was Kodja kind of he's kind of similar into not in terms of as a the type of player, but he kind of quite selfish. Also, can be brilliant, but also can be a bit in think, that, in that yeah. selfishness can kind of not really impact as much as he could do. I think Kodja's similar in the sense that he can be he can be very 
single-minded and, and, and his directness can be misinterpreted sometimes for greed. I do think Kodja can isolate himself, though, which is different to AU, who will just sort of sulk around the pitch, I used yeah. to think. Kodja will at least run or try. From that meeting with Bruce, there's one thing he did say above most of the things was he said, I, I like to play 4-4-2 for the championship. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. to play two up top. We do need to switch. So we're going, obviously, for Kodja and Hogan. So... I mean, I, I have no idea where will that work as a partnership or not. But they are two different players. I mean, I, we I desperately think need to. Hogan would probably work better with more of a uh, Justed, for example, uh, somebody who can knock it down. So I don't know if are they two strikers that can play as a as a pair? Because Conjure, as we said, is quite single-minded. Well, they have to really because our other options are Gabby, rookie striker who wants away because of his contract being up, Invisible Man Kozak, and. What else we got up front? Is that it? That's the lot now, isn't it? McCormack's gone, AU's gone, yeah. Gestead's gone. There was six, and that included uh, Gestead and AU. Uh, McCormack, yeah, well, whatever. Whatever. Let's move on to the midfield buys. Now, on paper, it's, it was kind of hall- mm. hallelujah time. And in that meeting with Bruce, he, we did talk about Hurahan quite a lot, and he did, you know, he did see him as the remedy to a lot of our ills be it set-piece taking goals, actually goals from midfield as well, and also uh, in the assist department. So he, I think he was probably most excited about Hurahan than any of the other acquisitions this winter. But against Brentford... We were overrun, and I think where we really struggled at Brentford was that we played the three centre midfielders. If, if Bruce wants this 4-4-2, well, Bjarnason... Well, he got a bit of a slating, didn't he, because he hadn't played for six weeks. Wait, what, you, off the pace. Well, you were... Criticised Bruce time, I suppose. What? Why did he do that? What? Well, Bruce said he played a couple of reserve games. Yeah, come on. Uh, I think it was it was a stupid thing, and the guy looked immediately off the pace, not just physically, but he couldn't. It's the pace of English football as well. It's that you don't get that extra half a second that you maybe do in the, the Swiss Super League, and just because you put the word Super League in front of it, doesn't <laughs> make doesn't it doesn't mean it's any quicker. No. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I think what that caused was you had Lansbury and, and Hurricane got deeper and deeper and deeper for a. They're playing chase ball, I think, because they were they were carrying a guy who wasn't wasn't match fit. Not his fault, by the way. Fans have started, again, in retrospect, saying, oh, uh, nobody said this before the game, apart from one of my old man said writers who, uh, in the column, uh, Three Ways to Win, which there's always some smart-ass that says on social (laughs) media, by scoring more goals than them. Yeah, I won't do that anymore. He he actually said there was a danger of playing every every new acquisition because they wouldn't have had time to obviously know what each other's doing. And And he said so... He would expect Hutton to start over Bree and Green to play instead of Barnison, but Green and uh, Hutton did start, so uh, so he picked that one well. But the thing is, he was kind of right, but at the same time, because we got rid of a load of players, there wasn't much option. I mean, if, if he didn't play Horahan and uh, Barnison, there would have been an uproar mm-hmm. against that. And let's face it, he didn't have much other options. He didn't have much other option, and I think that that's where not getting in a Rhodes earlier or sealing the deal for Hogan, that's why we've had to act on Hogan, because we were too limited in that formation that even when we had the ball and got the ball against Brentford there was no one Kodger was on his own wasn't he and we, were, we, had, we had no way of changing our shape and they, they, they overran us actually for long periods of that game well we, we have to bear in mind that we've again we've done our business very late in the transfer window yep. when uh, we got lucky with the Bristol game that was put back to February yep. but, and that would have been another game I don't think we'd have won so, uh, I wouldn't have been confident of winning. I mean, this is what, a scary what, state know, of affairs. What are we doing? We're, we're kind of we're not doing enough forward planning. Or if we are forward, 
I mean, Tony Zai's tweeting that we got all the business that we wanted to do, and if it was that kind of clear, why wasn't it done a bit sooner? Well, we couldn't have done, because look at that. I mean, we, we, we spoke about it in the last pod with the uh, African Cup of Nations that we, we promised ourselves a loan striker yeah. from six months ago, and actually we arrived into January with, with Agbon Lahore and uh, you know the only other senior striker being Kozak. Yeah. Fact. So planning, well, zero really. Talk about future planning... Uh, I'd probably expect James Bree to start against Forrest, wouldn't you agree? Full-backs against Brentford were just absolutely shocking. And there's, there's two ways of looking at this. We, we've known Hutton isn't capable of helping us to regenerate and become a promotion side. Amavi's so bereft of form that not having an option to swap... Yeah. You know, that's where Taylor, you know, for, for all the jokes and the, the happiness that Swansea is showing, it becomes an immediate consideration for, for Pick because our fullback, they have been circled by every single opposition over the last month and they have hurt us repeatedly. Yeah, like Paul Lambert, big circle over Amavi. All night long, all night long and they targeted him. The way him. they went. And <coughs> neither of them helped themselves. I mean, where Hutton gets some credit back, he tries very hard. And yeah. where, where Amavi loses a credit is when he when he gets the ball and he doesn't have a pass on, he just humps it up the pitch. And so uh, I, you might as well kick it into the stand. So would you go for Bree and Taylor in the next game? I mean, I don't, don't think Taylor's played this season, has he? Well, you've got well exactly. You've got you've got a match fitness issue again there. Um, I mean, I'd play Bree. Well, Bree can't just be because I don't want to see Hudson again. Reason enough. And uh, Jacob Bidu from Berry. We're signing players from Bury, Brentford, and Barnsley. That's uh... listen. He was he was released from the Leighton Orient Academy, so you you need to check yourself. It's like Barcelona's. Is it La Masia? <laughs> I've heard. He's not one for now, anyway, is he? Unless no. uh, he's only played seven games or so for Bury. Again, season. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and profess to be having yeah. been watched the depths of, of League One football. The the things that you've picked up on um, there's some there's some couple of good write-ups on him he's actually played very little first team football but what he's done is he's shown that he's head and shoulders above good little signing well, we'll, put him away we'll probably go and watch him in the under 23s in the next few weeks yeah, so we, yeah, we, can, that, we yeah. can inform some kind of opinion and tell you guys especially you guys in Australia and America who are never going to see an under 23 game anytime soon <laughs> you lucky we, buggers we, we go out and do the research for you <laughs> Just finally on the uh, the ins quickly, uh, Sam Johnson. A lot of people saying why replacing an experienced goalkeeper with an inexperienced goalkeeper, which I think is a fair enough comment. Fair comment. I, I think what you've got with him is um, I don't think he was to blame for any of the goals against Brentford, for instance. But he's he is in, inexperienced. Will count against him. I think that there was one that sailed over his head that could have quite easily gone in at the far post at one yeah. point, and there was a bit of a fumble when uh, I think the he got in some confusion with Chester. But he cuts a more imposing figure. He needs to catch the ball over punching, though. That's yeah, one thing he does. And, and also, you know, you need games as well. I'm more, I feel more confident with him between... Yeah, he needs games. I mean, how many games has he played? Less than ten. <laughs> For Villa, I mean. No, but well, that's one. But <laughs> Johnson, he made his debut against Spurs. He's only played three. Well, there we are. Well, yeah, less than Less than ten, ten so he I was completely... safe there. <laughs> <laughs> I have to appear uh, as an authority figure on this matter. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's just talk about just some of the, the other ones that have left that 
westward leaving I mean that was uh, from everything I heard I mean at this meeting with, uh, with Bruce and this wasn't Bruce talking but other people uh, at the club were saying that within Villa they were still trying to make westward the man in midfield and I was expecting him to be even above Jedinak in terms of uh, if they played a midfield three for example and there was a feeling they didn't want to sell him uh, to another championship team because mm. they thought that he would be a threat, as in making that team better. Well, I don't so, know. I really uh, don't know about that. But getting getting rid of him to a Premier League team uh, and for five million—it's—I mean, I didn't see that one coming. To be honest, they, they were after him earlier on, weren't they? they? They tried to get him in the summer. It suits all parties. I think with with Westwood, when a player becomes as toxic as he as he has done for so many fans. It's not necessarily right, but he could. Westwood had a couple of decent games recently, and I think we acknowledged it on on this podcast. But, but even my uh, my hair, my barber today, who's a Blues fan, you said say your hairdresser then. I was going to, but he's okay. but it says barber above the door, okay. so I better okay. I better go with the uh, <laughs> the appropriate name. He's a Blues fan, and and the first thing he said when we got onto the subject of Westwood, he said Westwood. Shit, he said he's only played one good game when that was the semi-final against against Still Liverpool. Westwood or Grealish? Westwood. Westwood. Oh, okay. <laughs> so here's somebody who's not a Villa fan who says exactly what Villa fans say. Yeah. Well, football fans know football as well, and I think that people we're desperate to find the good in things where necessarily it doesn't exist well, as well. This has happened, and I think some fans have been far too sentimental on most of these players. I mean, I've. I've I keep saying this, but I've had one mantra on that squad that got us relegated on seven mm. points, and that was you can get rid of them all. Grealish, Gestead, Jordan Ayew, yeah. Hutton. Who else is going to be good that was in that oh, team? We, we signed Lescott. I mean, I know that he, get was, rid he, of was, them all. he was West Brom's player of the season. Doesn't say a lot. But no. I mean, just going back to Westwood, I think that the thing about him was that he, he tried very hard. He ran around a lot, but and he that, never that, improved us. Yeah, and people gave him brownie points for trying and... And, and showing some emotion when we got relegated. Well, that, time for that kind of sentiment's over. We're, we're in the shit here, guys, and we've got to get out of here. It's and people like him and Hutton and Bakuna should be shed like a cheap snakeskin. They're an expensive snakeskin, actually, <laughs> when you look at their fees and combined... Wo- no, no, Ross McCormack is an expensive snakeskin that we've got to shed. <laughs> Sissoko, well, that's, I think that's fair enough. I don't think he was ever going to play, even though potentially he was maybe the best defensive uh, left-back at Villa. You can't work out... Well, yeah, it's, it's the classic, isn't it, that he was probably... But he was like know. Hudson going forward. Yeah, he was hopeless. The thing about Sissoko was he, 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 was, he was very physically imposing, but his distribution was terrible as well, so he, he would impose himself upon, upon the play, get the ball back, and then you could rely upon him not finding a Villa shirt. It was... Well, I mean, I, at least I can tell my grandkids that I saw Sissoko score a a winner for Aston Villa against Telford. <laughs> I, was, you know, I was sat here thinking, what? what, what win? When, 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 when did that happen? That was, uh, Your was drinking's also, out of control, <clears throat> David. It was also a game that uh, <laughs> Hepburn Murphy was came on as sub and we were 1-0 down and he turned the whole game. And that's the, also the only good game I've ever seen Hepburn Murphy have. So uh, going back to that all-out, he can leave as well as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm not, I'm uh, not bothered. I'm bothered about that. Tishbola, I think that's fair enough. I think... Is he, is he only on loan? With to a, Forest, yeah, yeah. No view to a, a permanent then. Yeah, but I, it's one of those, isn't it, where you wonder whether he could turn... He's got, a bit of an attitu- he's got a bit of an attitude, not an attitude problem as in he's a pain in the ass, but I think he's a kind of a bit of a bit immature, a bit like Galini, where I don't think he really knuckled down like he should have done. 
Yeah, we, I, I don't imagine Bruce would stand for anything, and the, the job that we've got on requires people to to dig in. Yeah, and but for Forrest, if he's going to prove himself, I think he's he's in a team that needs some inspiration now. Yeah. So uh, if he is got anything about him, then. I think he's at the perfect club to prove it, so it's up to him essentially. Toner, I mean, Toner's gone to Bradford. A quick one on him because I, I've got. He, um, he was getting a bit of gameplay. Uh, he was. I got, I got some close season. Warsaw friends and family. Bad news on Toner. Didn't rate him. Yeah. Didn't rate him. I think Warsaw are actually quietly quite a good team at their level and wasn't a standout performer if you look at some of the players that have gone on loan at Warsaw and then where they've gone on not necessarily not necessarily to the top end of English football yeah. but they weren't hugely impressed and I think what the view that they had is that he probably needed more game time and I imagine that's why he's gone straight back out on loan on to, to Bradford really so this situation where we've essentially had eight in eight out here's a question for you eight aside game the eight players that are in that have come into Villa versus the eight players that have gone out, who would win? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, AU and Gested up front for the uh, the other team with Tishbala and Westwood in midfield. It's a weak defence. You've got Galini in goal, Sissoko, Tona. You got Westwood as a holding midfield. Three. You got you got McCormack, Gested, and AU up front. That's not bad. But it could be seven aside because McCormack might not make it. <laughs> for them, they might have to sub in. Uh, and so, somewhere. I mean, you got a, you got the improved midfield of uh, the the ins, but then what, what have you got up front? Ho- it's all it's all on Hogan's shoulders. It's all resting on his knees. I, think, I mean, here's the thing about the players that we've got rid of. Surprising amount of them have gone up to the Premier League. When you look at uh, Guzan, Traore, Gusted, Westwood, and Guzan signed a pre-contract. He's going to the MLS, isn't he? He's been shipped out by uh, by Middlesbrough already, I think. But and, and uh, sorry, AU as well. But it's not as if like not we, like the crown jewels have gone out the like, door, is it? No, no. But I'm talking about it's not as if they they were so these players were so bad that they let us down and then we sold them to other championship teams. It's like oh no, they've gone back up to the Premier League because actually Premier League teams still rated them as players, which kind of says a bit about Villa. Uh, this that was the lie detector. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, some of the players I think we could have gotten more out of uh, in, I'm talking about the last two or three years as well yeah I, I, certainly I think that only Villa and it is classic Villa could take a proven 20 plus goal striker in McCormack I mean granted something's happened yeah. outside of our control there but he, he's left under a, under a real cloud with no goals I mean he's, that's not been anywhere else in his career no, this is the first time he's turned to shit all of a sudden but uh, talking, I mean, talking about that Bruce meeting I mean I went there with, and questioned him on uh, you know why have we got the lowest amount of shots on target in away games? Why is the away games away form so bad? Why have we only scored three goals from set pieces? And Bruce uh, wasn't even defensive. He was like, "Yeah, it's terrible." And and you had the feeling that, in a nutshell, he was very honest. I mean, ridiculously honest. I mean, sometimes when we write things about the reality of what's happened at Villa, mm. we get called mm. negative. Well, he, if you want negative. If you think reality is negative, then the reality dose that Bruce gave us, some fans would blow a gasket because it would be negative. There is a reason why we're 13th in the Championship. It's not. A, it's about looking at the facts that Tony's eyes on a desperate, positive PR exercise, and that's good. We, we do need to change the mood and the outlook yeah. at the club. He's, a lot of money's been spent, but we're as bad as ever, and Brentford yeah. is evidence of that. No, I mean, Bruce didn't mess around. He, if it, when it comes, if it could, well, it's going to obviously happen one day, but if Bruce leaves, I would not be surprised if it's on his own volition mm. that he walks rather than uh, him being fired for not achieving whatever. There is a poisonous 
fog almost lying over the club, isn't it? It's, it's a it's a weird thing that we, you know, how many teams get that bounce? I mean, we didn't really get the bounce under most of our recent managers. Who yeah. we, we never have that bounce, do we? I mean, Bruce kind of grinded out some results. We played yeah. terrible in him, but he's still got yeah, the yeah, results. Yeah. I do think he's the right manager for the job, and, and I think you're right in saying that if there's a problem here it will lie with other things behind the scenes whatever they may be could it be personalities um, I think we I still think we're terribly burdened by players who have been consistently mediocre and that's the one reason why people you know people have us down for bagging you westwards and whatnot. well they can only be associated with us failing but I mean I think they've done a very I think the board have done a very good job in getting rid of uh, yeah, yeah. a lot of uh, the squad and it took six months and when you look on paper at the two windows Yep. In terms of Tony Zai and uh, the actual Villa board on doing what their manager would have wanted them to do, I think you, you can't really fault them. I mean, obviously, Zai, big mistake with Di Matteo because that was certainly his decision. But, it's been some but beyond that, he's, he's, has, he's pretty much done everything you could ask. You presumably, you'd have to rely upon the fact as well that he must have had the final say on players like Gallini. He, he couldn't have ever imagined that Delat would have got a, a season-ending injury. We're talking about somebody injury. who's not experienced. I mean, he's only started supporting Villa this year. People tend to forget about that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not this year, last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last year it was just a business decision. He decided to support us uh, 2017. It's when he unsupports us that we need to worry. <laughs> there remains a question. Bruce... There's about, I don't know, six or seven of us in that room. Mixture of like people who have websites, Lions Club uh, people. To be fair, it's a good group. We all know the situation. And Bruce knew the situation. The thing is, I still haven't seen any evidence of actually Bruce applying himself to fix the situation. Because you could argue that we still had an okay players mm. uh, starting from the summer onwards. And put it this way a lot of fans of other teams are saying well this is ridiculous you've spent 55 million which uh, as we said last time is more than Real Madrid and Newcastle and uh, Villa together spent more than the rest of the league you know put together there's a huge culture issue and I think that's apparent and again this this isn't a this isn't a dig it's it's an observation more than anything that if you want someone to grind us out of this situation and, and drag us kicking and screaming however we want however out of the championship I don't see players like Jack Grealish being the player to roll up their sleeves, get muddy, and, and do that. And yeah, I, haven't I, mean, seen to, yeah. I haven't seen enough to. They've got quality and well, qualities. But I mean, the word on the street is Bruce and Dr. Zayas <laughs> wanted Grealish gone. They, they weren't that bothered. Obviously, because of the history of trouble, but also, it's not going to be a game changer for us. Is he Grealish, a player, Grealish obviously supports the club, yeah. and I think he dug his heels in. Well, I've got nothing against that, and I'm sure that th- there is a good player within him. But there's also the elephant in the room of, is he the player that Bruce is looking to accommodate in a 4-4-2 system? Because I don't naturally see him yeah, in that. No, um, I don't. And As my barber said today, what was all that big kerfuffle about him choosing England over Ireland? Because he's never going to play for England. <laughs> that's <laughs> I think, damn, I think damning. that's kind of spot on, actually. Well, it's kind of like the Amavi, he's going to play for France debate, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You know, that, that's not a conversation going on in any French bar anywhere in, in the world, yeah. is it? You know. Something else I've been thinking about is some of these players, unless we're buying championship players here, mm. and some of them are getting their wages double, treble, quadrupled, and suddenly are they now on easy street? And now they're thinking, well, I'm a, I'm, I've made it. I'm a, I've made the gravy it. train. Yeah. I've made it, I'm on the gravy train, and suddenly their kind of application and will is not what it used to be when you're trying to get onto the gravy train. And so it's going to be interesting to see how Hurahan steps up, if he steps up, because he's still on the verge of getting, yeah. getting in the island team. He seemed a passionate 
I mean, he seems a passionate guy. I mean, I've seen a few games and he, he was, he was I mean, clearly all bothered in, by All his interviews and whatever, yeah. I'm, I'm, I never pay any attention to that. Oh, it's a massive club, oh, it's great, blah, blah, blah. Because it, I mean, media spiel. Just go it? back the last five seasons, all of these schmucks that have come into the club have said this. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, we'll, you know, this, I'm not going to bang him out, but uh, it's all. <laughs> literally anyway <laughs> no, <laughs> but, uh, save that for another day <laughs> but I'm t- you know it's all they have to prove themselves essentially the thing about that I never get with is Villa that we've, we've got a great great opportunity and some of these players have got a great opportunity to make a real name for themselves you know not just at this club but get Villa back to the Premier League yeah I think there'd be a there'd be a culling but I also think that you could really you know look how pla- the, the careers of players like Platt were launched off, off the backdrop of getting up last time with Taylor that's, that's outside of some people's memory but is that motivation as a professional there and I, I do believe it is still there they're richly rewarded but we just need to get together an 11 no, no, that is I, I, I don't agree you don't think that there's a I think once they're getting paid all that money the perception changes they're thinking about property they're thinking about cars they're thinking about investment maybe if they're a bit clever or they're thinking about you know drugs and hookers and Dubai and all that kind of stuff allegedly and suddenly uh, allegedly and uh, this idea of like I want to win the FA Cup and you know people don't care about the FA Cup no. anymore even fans don't care about the FA Cup I suppose maybe that's and a romantic only, only image in my own head only two or three teams can possibly win the league unless some Le- Leicestershire miracle happens and so football being about winning I mean Lansbury can come and do his interview and say what's the point of playing if you're not winning hmm. well when's his last experience of winning <laughs> <laughs> he's been playing most of his well especially in his forest days kind of Losing more than he's winning, so it's all. What are you? What are you suggesting here, David? We're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't know already, then you're a bit slow to the party. Christ, <laughs> doomsday party. <laughs> but no, I mean, so there is that concern that these players are on. Uh, oh. They're now on, as we call it, the gravy train, and that's why a team like Brentford, who are all like playing together, I mean, they completely destroyed us. Could, could have been more easily. Well, they, they hit the bar and they, they overran us three or four other times. I mean, the, the less and, said and about the, it, the better. And actually. they're a pub team. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's true. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we will uh, be recording another one uh, after the Forest game. So we'll talk more about the Brentford and, and the Forest game. I mean, we could preview the Forest game now, but who gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> McCormack's not eligible so he can't score yeah. his hat-trick <clears throat> against us just yet and Tishpala's not going to score a wonder goal against us either but, uh. Uh, but we'll talk a bit more about the transfers and also what the season potentially holds but I think seeing another game will be useful in terms yeah. of uh, Lans- well, Lans- yeah, Lansbury can play a proper Lansbury. formation and a proper midfield and change so, the fullbacks. So, in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends as well. I mean, a lot of there's still people out there who are scared by podcasts because they think there's some this kind of technological thing that they can't access. But uh, just tell them like it's on demand radio and all you've got to do is press play. That is literally all you've got to do. Yeah, on whether it's a link on Twitter or uh, on iTunes. Uh, people are bit scared of iTunes because they don't use it and so on Android you can get this pretty much anywhere just go to TuneIn which is uh, the biggest radio app or Play.fm or Acast which it's hosted on Stitcher whatever podcast things are they Podcast Addict just just search for My Own Man Said and it'll pop up so you can get it on any any Android phone anywhere it's, it's just Google it as well and also, if you want to support the show uh, and become a patron, it'd be great to get up to 100 patrons. Uh, go to myormansaid.com 
and go to patron in the menu bar and if you're on a mobile to get to the menu bar just click on the left hand side there's a little square with is it three or four lines and then the uh, the menu bar will come up and just click on patrons there and uh, we'll join you uh, shortly in the next few days so until then it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him goodbye villa fans my old man said away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans